Hi, and welcome to iloveedmontonrealestate.com. My name is Jason Scott. I'm your host, and with me today is Tammy Savage of Remax Real Estate Edmonton. Welcome to the show, Tammy. Hello. So tell me how you got into uh, real estate and becoming a realtor. It basically started from childhood. My dad used to flip and build houses, and we've lived all across Canada, all the way from Vancouver to New Brunswick. So I just went out on the job sites with them when he was either building a new one or renovating, and that's how my love of real estate grew. And when did you actually uh, start working as a realtor? I guess it would be seven years ago, but what I had done prior to that is I was buying and flipping houses Oh. before I got into real estate. So I was feet on the ground before I went into this part, and I was going to start building more houses, but because of my impending divorce, I opted to go into real estate, and that's where I've stayed, and I love it, and I help other people. Gotcha. Okay, so you were doing sort of like what they do on TV shows, right? Long before it became popular, yes. (laughs) (laughs) How many flips were you doing a year? Uh, We were doing about one or two flips, Mm -hmm. and we were moving into them so we didn't pay capital gains. And now that's all changed. Yeah. So the rules and regulations have changed because, you know, nobody really wants to pay the tax, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so what's your take on flips with regards to, you know, risk versus holding rental properties? There's a lot of different variables. A lot of it depends on what your financial capabilities are or mm-hmm. how long you can, you know, hold on to the property, whether you've got good renters, if it's going to be a hold situation, because that can change your whole out view very, very quickly. Uh, you have to be able to crunch your numbers. You have to have good tradespeople. So there's a whole bunch of things and factors, as well as the economics of the area, federally, provincially, municipal, like, you know, community-wise, mm-hmm. and that'll affect you directly as well. Yeah, so it's not just as easy and glamorous as the TV shows make it out to be. No, it is not. There's a lot of different things that you've got to take into consideration. Yeah, but you did well by it? I did very, very well. I had a very good mentor, my father, so very, very smart man, very capable, and I learned from him. Okay, so you had a divorce happen, or a separation at the very least, and got into real estate as a realtor. Why that choice when you were going through the the life change? I like to help people. Uh, I like to, I guess, maybe impart my knowledge or share my knowledge. And real estate's a great way. It's a great tool for anybody that's patient and savvy enough to make money and have a very nice lifestyle, as well as everybody needs a place to live. Mm -hmm. So that being said, it is, you know, probably one of your safer bets. It's always something that's always going to increase in value over time. Mm-hmm. So safer bets as an investment or safer bets as you in a career as a real estate agent? As investments as well. Oh, okay. So it's actually goes hand in hand. If you're good at what you do, you have knowledge and you have worth, you'll always do very, very well as a realtor. Mm-hmm. But you're also develop your name and people will want to want you to assist them. Mm-hmm. Are there any sort of niches that you focus on, either geographically or client types? No, I I help everybody from first-time owners to downsizing, what have you. So it it varies. Everybody's needs and wants vary greatly. Mm -hmm. And I'm there if they want me to assist them. That's what I do. Right. Okay. Was is there one sort of past client or transaction where you went, you know what? This really is for me. I made the right choice getting into this. No, no, it wasn't. It was I've always liked real estate. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't necessarily one client. It was 
I like a challenge. Mm -hmm. That's just me. I like to say, they go, hey, you know what? I want you to find me a house. You know, it's 450000 in the most expensive area. And it's like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, and that's the way I am. So I like a challenge. I love meeting people. And you always learn something new about the people that you meet. Right. And I, I just enjoy what I do. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Have you won any awards? Uh, yep. Yeah. I'm consistently in the 100% Club been doing that I think for I think three or four years what does that mean it means that you hit a certain price point in commissions and sales okay and yeah gotcha okay so <laughs> x millions of dollars in sales or x hundred yeah last year I think I was 10.9 million in sales last year alone okay. and I thought it was a slower year so there you go yeah okay and that and that'll range anywhere from like a hundred thousand dollar property up to on average half a million right so that kind of tells you the volume right okay now you mentioned that you had personally gone through uh separation slash divorce and maybe it's a stage of life thing but i seem to be seeing a lot of it right now in terms of people i know or clients that i have we we've worked together in the past on deals where there's been the result of a marital breakdown how um how do you approach those transactions well it's very matter of fact because real estate is an emotional buy because you either love it or you hate it and that's the way it is marriage is no different so you've just got to separate and say this is a business that we're doing we're separating your personal with your financial so you have to take the emotions out of it and it's really hard when you're going through a separation or a divorce because your life is in turmoil and that's the hardest part is just getting them to focus on the task at hand mm -hmm. and trying to uh, forget about the peripheral stuff that's happening right so I, I would imagine at certain points <laughs> you're playing, uh, you know, counselor and psychologist as much <laughs> oh, as you're yeah. playing real estate agent. Yeah, you have to bring them back to what the focus is. Yes, you're going through a divorce uh, or a nasty separation. Yes, he's doing or she's doing things to you to get your goat because she knows how to push your button or he knows how to push your buttons. You've got to look past that because the focus is getting the house sold so that you guys can both move forward. Mm -hmm. Whether you're capable at that point in time due to finances to purchase after the fact, either one of them, then that's gonna be you know decided on the final sale and what your financial situation is. Right, now do most couples who are uh, parting ways sell the matrimonial home? The majority of them do. I would say probably 75% because most of the problem stems from either most divorces, the majority of them are going to be money issues or infidelity. Mm. So that is the root of it. And if you've got money issues, then yes, you have to sell. You know, just because of the price point of properties, the majority of people have to sell. Right. They, they just can't do it on their own. In terms of buying out the other spouse? That's correct. Okay. Although that does happen, obviously. Oh, it does. And they're the fortunate ones. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, there are a few uh, programs that we have in place where we can help someone, you know, uh, basically buy out the spouse and go all the way up to 95% loan to value when that comes. So they're able to get equity out to, to do the payout to the other spouse. So it's not necessarily thou shalt sell a property if you're splitting up, but... I would agree in most cases that is what ends up happening. Yeah, you, ha you have to really weigh your options and where you want to go, whether you're going to have a divorce and you want to completely, 
you eliminate yourself from the property because of the memories, what have you, or you may be relocating and changing your life completely, you know, just a cathartic cleansing where you're starting a new job, you're going to a different area. Everybody's situation is different. Right. Okay. So the couple's decided to sell. How do you get them on board to agree with each other in terms of what the price is going to be uh, for listing, what they're going to accept as a final price? Well, what I do is I sit down with them, usually individually, because there's very seldom can you sit down with two exes. That's the reality of it. What I give to one spouse, I give to the other as well. So what I go through is what the comps are, what is sold, what are their comparables, apples to apples, not apples to oranges. I look at what their debt load is, you know, whether they've got outstanding issues in regards to credit cards, car payments, all those other things, and where we should price it. I will tell them what the other spouse has or what they think where it should be priced and what the reality is just because you wish you could make half a million dollars on the house is not the reality of the marketplace the market will dictate what people are willing to pay and i just give them matter of fact and it's just straightforward no nonsense and i talk to both of them and hopefully they agree or we have to sit down and talk a little bit further or what i will also do is take them out and actually show them properties that are comparable and what the value is so kind of like a show and tell. Right. But it's in, in one sense, it's twice the work because you're dealing with each spouse individually. That's correct. Okay. But, you know, it's it's assisting people to move forward in their lives. It's yeah. not necessarily a pleasant ordeal, yeah. but it's something some the majority of people have to go through. I would say, what is it? They're saying 60% of people are divorced. So at some point in time, you know, hopefully you're not the one that's getting divorced, but chances are. <laughs> Don't be surprised. <laughs> yeah. Or you have a friend going through it or a family member. So it does affect you. You always know somebody that's going through this. Right. Okay. Now, how do you keep them on track so that they're not doing the button pushing thing, the emotional jabbing at each other while you're trying to get this house sold? What I do is I sit down with them and say, okay, you know what? Terrible that you're getting a divorce, you're separated, it sucks. I know you're going through a whole bunch of emotional stuff, but my job here is to sell your property. It's not to be your counselor to you or to pick sides, that's not my job. My job is to get the house sold. So I want you guys to make an agreement and I will make you abide by it. So if you're willing to go in and do some fixing or repairing, great. If the other spouse does not, your ex does not want to be there, then I go in there, let them in, monitor, what have you. Yeah, it is more work. But if you're straightforward with people, they appreciate it. And that's what it's all about, really, at the end of the day, is just saying, okay, you know what? No, stop it. Or you've got to do this to get it sold. Do you want it? And basically, do you want to move forward or do you want to be stuck in this whole pattern? Right. Okay. Can you think of any tales from the trenches, as it were, like crazy stories where you had to resolve some sort of situation to get the house ready to be sold? Uh, We've had restraining orders on spouses, so you had to be careful of who was going into the property. You'd kind of have to ask their names or what have you. What was the other ones? They figured that they would stop making the mortgage payment and not tell you about it. And then you've got to sale or a contract in place and there's a shortfall 
and they re- decide not to tell you, and then you've got to deal with it, the aftermath. Right. The shortfall being they have to write a check to actually close the sale of their house. Correct. Correct. As well as to sell it, you know, before they go into more financial debt or going into foreclosure, because when you're going through a divorce, sometimes you don't think logically. You might think you do, but you don't. That's the reality because you're usually a hot mess because you're emotional. There's a lot of raw nerves. And, you know, sometimes people do stuff out of spite, which actually can come back and bite them in the butt or they end up going into foreclosure and your debt is, you know, like you're, you're, you got to buy stuff for cash for seven years. Like it's foolish. You're biting off your nose to spite your face. So I try and prevent that by just talking to them. This is what can happen. You don't want this to happen. And hopefully they're reasonable. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, of course, so you can get into the vicious cycle of, you know, I'm just going to do whatever to get the other person. And that does happen. And there's not a whole lot. I try and talk common sense to them and the reality, you know, so that they can move forward because there is life after divorce Mm -hmm. and you do have to live in a place. You still have to buy a car. You still have to eat. You still, there's every life goes on. Mm -hmm. So it's trying to prevent them from doing that or going that route. And sometimes, you know what, it just doesn't matter what you say or what you do. They're just going to do it. And then it goes into foreclosure and then it's out of my hands. Right. Now, let's say you are on the other side of the transaction. So you've got, you know, a buyer or a couple who are looking at buying a house. Do you find out the circumstances of the selling couple? Do you find out that there's a, you know, an impending divorce and that's why the house is being sold? Usually you can tell. Uh, you go in there, you'll have two people's name on title, and there's going to be one toothbrush or there's only one set of clothes. So <laughs> you kind of know something's going on. That or the house is half bare. It has half the furniture that it normally has. So you can kind of tell that something's going on. And in regards to that, you know, it's it's still a transaction. Yeah. It might be a little bit more difficult in getting the sides to agree on a price. If you're putting an offer in sometimes, they'll explain that. Some of the realtors will explain what the situation is. Some of them won't, won't because they've been requested not to. Right. So it's always at the seller's or the buyer's request of whether they disseminate that information or not. Right. But an easy way to find out what's going on is go knock on the neighbor's door. That's true. That's true. Because <laughs> usually the neighbors kind of got the low down. And it's always good no matter what house you buy because the neighbors will tell you how they've maintained it and you know kind of what's happening or the neighborhood as well yeah so it's always good to ask a neighbor so if you're on the buying side of the transaction and you know you you use your detective skills and figure out hey there is a divorce going on here how can you use that to your advantage during negotiations well sometimes depending on the situation of the divorce they want to sell and they want to move on quickly So they're a little bit more flexible usually in price. At some point in time, they won't be flexible because it just comes down to dollars and cents and what they're capable of, you know, covering their costs and what have you. So usually they tend to be a little bit more flexible. It's a quicker possession, but they're usually priced right. So those ones usually go a little bit faster. Right. Okay. So you can get a price discount then? Oh, yes. Yeah. You always can. Yeah. So typically, like if you were to take a, a, just a guess in terms of a percentage discount, what do you figure it would be? You can be anywhere between 3 to 5%. Uh, depending on the property itself, if it's a gorgeous property, it might go into multiple offers if it's priced right. Right. So yeah. every property 
and every situation is very individual. Right, but three to five percent is is significant, actually. So it can be. Yeah. It depends on what the issues are with the house. Whether you've got to replace, you know, appliances, the state of it. Because you got to remember, when people are going through divorces, they don't necessarily maintain their house the way they used to, mm-hmm. because now they're they've got a little bit of taste of freedom, and they're having maybe a little bit too much fun, mm-hmm. and the house is kind of the last thing to be taken care of. Yeah. Those things do happen, or they may not be handy, and it could be the wife that's being left with a house, and it needs repairs. It's just not going to happen. That'll be reflected in the price right. when it gets listed. Right. Okay. Are there any other considerations that should be you know taken into account when when someone is divorcing their spouse or they and their partner are divorcing, separating, whatever, you know, on how they should handle each other going through the process? Usually what I try and do is I will talk to each one individually and I tell them both, the you know, like say if we get an offer, I'll tell them exactly the same thing. It's not sugar-coated, it's just matter of facts. Where do you want to go? Then I say, okay, well, your ex doesn't want to accept this and you were willing. So then I go back. So it's it's twice as much communication to get them to both agree because ultimately we want to sell the house. Mm-hmm. And sometimes there is a sticking point where one is going to try and get back at the other by refusing a reasonable offer. And with that being said, if it is a very reasonable offer and one of the spouses is being difficult, there's always the legal recourse. Which is what? Go to your lawyers and say, we've got an offer in and basically my ex is refusing to accept it. I want to accept the offer and he's refusing. If it's a very reasonable offer and it's within the realms of being acceptable, then you may have to go that route if you do have an ex who is being miserable. And that being said, the chances are it'll go to court, it'll be accepted, the offer will be, and the ex will be paying the cost of the court fees plus both legal fees, legal counsel. So really, they're just... They're they're just postponing the inevitable and it's actually causing more grief and pain for both the buyers and the ex. And sometimes that's just the way it goes. Right. Okay, so Tammy, you know, you've gone through a separation. Do you mind telling us a little bit about sort of what um, the process was or what some of the hurdles were in your own situation when you were selling your matrimonial home? Uh, The biggest problem was getting the ex to sign any type of price reduction. That was a difficult part of it because the worst thing to see is to have two for sale signs by two different realtors and they're both husband and wife are being represented by different realtors because it does yes it does happen and to me i'm going oh yay as a buying agent i'm like yeah we know that they're fighting so let's go in and put in a really low bid because one's probably trying to screw over the other one and trying to hurt them and being vindictive so that does happen but with my case in particular we had several offers all of them very good and very viable offers And I let him get away with saying, no, I've refused it. So it stayed on the market longer and longer. And of course, everyone goes, what's wrong with the property? There was nothing wrong with the property whatsoever. It was my ex being the issue. So when we finally got the best offer, I asked him, I said, I'm going to accept it. He says, I'm not going to. And I said, you know what? I'm done. I've been nice. I've been, you know, compliant and agreeable just to make matters so that, you know, 
Which viewings are, yeah. are done and everything else. And basically he says, no. Nope. And I said, well, that's fine. I said, I'm just contacting my lawyer. And I said, my lawyer will be in contact with yours and let's see where it goes. Literally within that day, he signed. Okay. Because it was reasonable. It was acceptable. And yes, I've had to deal with the nasty part of divorce with my ex as well. Right. Okay. So let's go back to the two sides on the front line because I have never seen that happen. When you're dealing with divorce and money, the ugly comes out of people. Okay. It, it just does, you know, because it's all about at the end of the day, it's about what they think they're entitled to. And that becomes the biggest issue because some will say, you know, I'm entitled to everything. Some people are reasonable. Everybody's personality is different. And you just got to work with what you got. Have you ever been a uh, dual listing agent with someone from another brokerage? Like a sale of a natural? No, no, thank God, because that would be a gong show. I do pity those that do have it because it is extremely difficult. Yeah, I I just don't even understand how it would work. Well, put it this way. They're so entrenched. They're so vindictive against each other. They probably spit at each other when they walk by. So, you know, they figure that... You know, they're, they got some type of side deal with a realtor. Why are you using them? Like, it doesn't matter. One will say white, the other one will say black. Right. It's just going to be nasty. Right. So probably even dealing with the offers is going to be an issue. Right. Okay. Tell me about the most frustrating day that you've had in real estate. It doesn't have to be divorce related, but it might be. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually it was divorce related. It's when we went and we thought we had the deal all put together Everything was agreeable and they were separated. I was speaking to both and, you know, both were kind of slandering each other. So you kind of tune that out and just focus on the task at hand. Then we went to closing and found out he never paid the mortgage for two months and was in arrears. And the poor gentleman that was buying it had his moving van, had everything transferred, and couldn't move in because there was a shortfall. And the people who were selling didn't have the cash to write the check. That's right. So it was either the buyer coughed up an extra 5,000, which he was still getting a very, very good deal for. So he had to refinance, which took another week and he was uh, couch surfing at his buddy's house. (laughs) So he paid more for the property Mm -hmm. to solve the seller's problem. That's correct. And he still had to refinance or he just redid the mortgage amount. He had to redo the mortgage right, amount, with which caused week, the delays, yeah. which caused the delays. And he was coach surfing and it, it was bad for everybody involved because I was not told until, you know, all of a sudden this happened. The other realtor was panicking and she was a great realtor. So it was really nice dealing with a professional in this situation. I, I felt really bad for the buyer because it was unforeseen it it was totally preventable but yeah that's what happens sometimes with divorce and it can get ugly and until things close things do happen that are beyond your control or beyond your knowledge Yeah, yeah yeah wow okay tammy let's say you know you had a relative who lives across the country and they're looking at buying or selling a property obviously you can't go there to help them out because you don't know the market how would you suggest they find a, a good realtor to work with? What sort of traits are they looking for? Uh, you want someone who's straightforward. You want someone who's going to give you the facts, communicate with you. That's the biggest thing. And that's the thing that I find in real estate is the lack of communication. If someone's calling you, 
they want to talk to a realtor. They don't want to go, okay, you know, I'll get back to you when it's convenient for me. I've always believed in service. So call me, talk to me, tell me what you're looking for, and I can point you in the right direction. Because there's other agents that are extremely good at what they do in the different areas. Because I'm connected with the Remax as well as other realtors in other uh, companies that service specific areas, I can get you in contact with them. Mm-hmm. Okay. What are you seeing going on in uh, the Edmonton and area market right now? It's very odd. There's stuff that's still moving. Anything that's basically underneath the 300, 350 to 4 is moving fairly quickly. I'm seeing a lot of movement in the new builds infills, people picking them up and doing holds on them because they are expecting the market to improve. Right now, I think there's a lot of caution. I think there's a lot of people kind of wondering what's coming down the windpipe with Trump, Trudeau and Notley. And so it's kind of left everybody wondering. The people that have no problem with the economy currently are usually the ones with the federal jobs or provincial jobs with the government. And it's business as usual where people that are more in the trades are a little bit more cautious. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's a real mix. Right. So there, there's good deals out there. And, you know, if the economy does turn around, then, hey, you're going to benefit from your good deal. <laughs> well, that's it. And you know what? There's always good deals out there. You just have to look and you have to be patient and you have to get your pre-approval or your financing in place. So when these do come up, you can pull the trigger. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, oh, you know, I'll deal with it when I get the deal. Well, it'll be too late because now you're competing with multiple offers, chances are. And if you don't have your financing in place, you're going to miss out. Yeah. It's interesting. There are multiple offers going on right now. Oh, yes. Because people, like some realtors I talked to them, I said, oh, you priced it because you want multiple offers. Yes. Because they're they're wanting to drive the price up. Because those are good properties in very, uh, how would you say it? in more desirable areas. Mm-hmm. So people are gravitating to those areas because, you know, in Edmonton, there's little hot pockets where people want to live. It's the trendy areas. And if it's a great property, well-maintained, what have you, yes, it will go into multiples. It doesn't matter what the state of the economy is. If it's a great property, priced right, what have you, it will go into multiples. Hmm. So even though you might list a little aggressively, like to the low side on the price, you may end up further ahead in the end because of the emotion of the multiple offer situation. That's correct. But again, it'll have to be dependent on the property, the state of the property and where it's at. Right. Tammy, is there anything that we didn't touch on that you'd just like to add to? I think the big, I think the biggest thing is to contact a realtor that you feel that you're comfortable with, that is grounded, very matter of fact, very bright, because not all of us are equal. And I think it's probably best if you deal with somebody that's kind of gone through the same situation, that is a little bit more understanding. Because if you have somebody that's been married for 30 years, they're going to look at you and go like, really? No, that's not the reality. You know, like if, if you're in the trenches and you've experienced it, then you know exactly what can possibly come down the road. So it just better prepares your clients for what may happen, may or may not. And it just makes them wiser and smarter. Right. And maybe avoid some pitfalls along the way, obviously. Exactly. Because you know what? There is a lot of pitfalls in any real estate transaction. And then if you couple it with a divorce or a separation and those issues, then it can kind of 
put a little bit of a kink to it. So yeah, you want to try and avoid those pitfalls as best you can. And again, go to a realtor that you can basically sit down, talk to. Matter of fact, shoot it to you straight because nobody wants fluff because at the end of the day, you just get frustrated. So you want the straight facts so that you can move forward because that's what you want to do. Everybody wants to sell their house, move forward and start a new life, especially in regards to divorce. And hopefully it goes in a smooth manner. Yeah. Onwards and upwards, as it were. Yep. Start a new life is a, an adventure as it is. But yeah, it's another new adventure. And yeah, you just got to embrace it and go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, thank you very much for your time today. You're Tammy. very, very welcome. <laughs>